And the other one I always do when I'm doing it at a conference, I always say, you know, I'm standing up when I'm preaching at church, and I'll say, I want you to imagine with me right now that there's a, a, a you know, a, a seven-ton, six-ton African elephant right here, okay? And everybody, you have to imagine it with me. Any, anybody ever seen an elephant up close at the zoo or anything? Picture an elephant right here. I mean, an elephant, right? You know, if it was right here, you know, it would go, it would, it's rearing, it was here, it'd go all the way out, you know, like past Shezen, you know what I mean? Huge critter, right? And then I always tell people, and also, if you can imagine that, then I'll tell them this. By the way, when I walked in, I always say, I noticed that there's an ant right here underneath the speaker. There's an ant over here, an elephant, and an ant. You see, I don't know what will work for you, but you've got to catch it. The grace of God, you hear me, is out of all proportion to the fall of man. How dare we try to compare what God has done in Christ with what Satan does, or with the power of Satan, or what Satan has done with the fall of man. But this is what 95% of the body of Christ does. Let's pretend that this church there's an elephant on the platform here. There's an ant on the other side. The church is empty. And so you walk in the back door and you're the first one and you look up at the platform. There's an elephant there and there's an ant over there. And you go, oh my God, look at that ant. Are you listening to me? The ant represents the fall of man. The ant represents the power of sin. Everybody is focused on sin. Look at the power of sin. Look at what sin will do for you. You got an elephant and an ant, and your attention's drawn all the time to an ant. Now, to me, something's wrong. There's lights on, but nobody's home. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You got one oar out of the water. Something's wrong somewhere. And the next verse says this, verse 16. Nor is the free gift at all, at all to be compared to the effect. Now listen to how profound this is. Nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. Well, wait a second. What is the effect of Adam's sin? All, what happened in the Garden of Eden? All sin, all death, all sin came from that original sin and passed into the hearts of men. But to hear what Paul is saying, he said, nor is the grace of God, is this free gift at all to be compared to the effect of sin. Please tell me that you're listening a little bit. I'm trying to tell you what God has done in Christ isn't just a little more powerful than sin. It isn't just a little bigger. It's so much bigger God's love for you is so much bigger than Satan's plan against you. God's love for you and grace for you is so much more huge than any power that sin has. You have to understand Satan is a liar. He's a father of lies. He's the one that perpetrates this stuff all the time about how powerful sin is. You don't understand how strong that temptation is. You don't understand how strong that temptation is. You don't understand how strong that temptation is. But people, all they do, if you listen when people preach, 95% of preaching that comes from the pulpit, if you're really listening, it comes from the perspective of sin. Think about it. It comes from the perspective of the power of what sin will produce. Now remember, did I say that we're not supposed to preach about sin? No. 
But remember what I've been saying all along? It's the grace of God. You can't really correctly, scripturally, you're not validated to preach to people about sin until first you preach to them about this grace because it is the revelation of this grace that empowers you to be able to say no to sin. But if I just tell you not to sin, all I do is I keep creating in you, remember, a sin consciousness. And you keep sin. This is, oh my God, I shouldn't do that. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, and I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. But again, see, God's expecting something. That he's expecting an awakening in your spirit. An awakening to this grace. This is why it says, awake unto righteousness. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awake unto this right standing and sin not. Because that's what it means. If you awake unto this, trust me, sin will lose its attraction. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm preaching myself serious and happy here. I'm just so desperate. I want you actually to hear this. I don't want you to just say, oh, I'm going to some school and hearing some guy. And I want you to actually get this stuff because it's what it will. There won't, you see, there won't be many like you because all of the majority follows the other direction. Let me tell you something. Any dead duck can flow downstream with the way everybody's going. But it takes some spiritual strength and some tenacity. You need to exercise this faith muscle. You know what I mean? This thing so that you can begin to swim against, against the stream of everybody else's insanity. All right? Now, I've got to stop because we're at the end of this day. But Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the just incomparable, unbelievable goodness of your grace. Like Paul said, the, it's been given unto me to preach the unsearchable, the incalculable, the exhaustless riches of Christ, wealth which no human being ever could have searched out. Father, thank you. Open our eyes, Father, and help us see this stuff, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.